Good day, everybody. We are somehow in week 11 of this NFL season. It's been a very interesting season between injuries, COVID protocols, many surprises along the way. I It's hard to think that it's already week 11. Like, how is the season going fast? It it doesn't really register through my mind that Chiefs-Texans was three months ago. Hmm. All right, so we'll start off with our Thursday night recap. On Thursday night, Seahawks took down the Cardinals 28-21. Kyler Murray threw for 72 more yards than Wilson, but neither threw for over 270. On both teams, the QBs threw for two touchdowns, and running both running backs went for one. The Seahawks points, besides the three touchdowns, were two field goals and a safety, putting them at 28 because Myers had a missed PAT. What went wrong for the Cardinals in this game, man? Uh, going into a matchup against the respectively – Bad defense. You would think they would mm-hmm. produce, especially Hopkins averaging 95 yards going into that game. Um, Hopkins had just five catches for 51 yards, but played on 93% of offensive snaps. I think that was the problem. Murray wasn't producing to Hopkins or even Christian Kirk in that game. He relied heavily on Fitzgerald, and I think that left a really weak receiving game of just 153 yards by uh, uh, wide receivers. I think with a core like that, which includes arguably the best wide receiver in the league right now, an all-pro veteran, and easily a respectable receiver who could be a wide receiver one on a different team, you should be producing more yards and points against that bad of a defense. Yep, I definitely agree. You definitely have to take advantage, especially as a quarterback like that, that dual threat, you should be able to take advantage of that. So I'm going to start off saying, first of all, the Cardinals only averaged 3.2 yards per carry in this Mm -hmm. game. Second of all, Kyler Murray just came out very flat in the first half of the game. Both of his touchdowns and a vast majority of his yards came in the second half. The penalties were among the biggest factors in this game, but Arizona had the narrow majority with two more penalties in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle had eight penalties. At the end of the day, you are not going to win committing 10 penalties for 115 yards, yeah. backing yourself up or putting the Seahawks forward. And no, that's that definitely was just a big a problem. Big, yeah, that was a big issue. Both sides. Yeah, I was going to say for both, for both sides, that for, was a big problem. I believe it was right around 200 yards total yeah, in penalties. Like, yeah, a little over. I want to endure a game prediction. So Green Bay at Indianapolis. I think the Colts' defense makes this a very close game. That um, I think that Devontae Adams can definitely be neutralized by Xavier Rhodes, who's back to playing good football mm-hmm. um, after that off year with the Vikings. And the Colts' run defense also ranks fourth in rush yards allowed per game with the second-best pass defense. Even with the Indianapolis stellar defense compared to a decent overall defense in the Packers, I believe that the Indianapolis offense isn't sufficient enough to beat the better teams in the Packers. I'm going to take the Packers 31-21. to Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I still think that people are sleeping on the Colts, and it, it, it honestly angers me. Um, I, I'm going to take the Colts 28-17. to 17. I think, obviously, Green Bay is a stronger offense with they because they have a surefire running back one in Aaron Jones and a strong top three receiver in Devontae Adams and, a, and an absolute no-doubter Hall of Famer QB in Aaron Rodgers. And even you add yep. in people like Scantling, and that's, it's, it's, you have good options. Um, Indianapolis doesn't have that. 
they but they do have a stronger defense by all standards. Um, both yep. teams are over three hundred or three thousand three hundred yards offensively. However, the Colts defense is holding opponents to four hundred yards less than Green Bay at twenty six hundred. Um, the Colts winning this game is a huge statement, and I really, I honestly can't wait for this matchup. I think this could be yep. game of the week, in my opinion. That definitely be a big statement win, especially from a team that's had a sufficiently lacking offense. And already beat the defense. Titans and are already ahead in the South. Yep. And it's like they win this game. They're up by, well, depending on Titans game, they could be up by two. Yep. All right, moving on to Rams at Tampa Bay. I, or mm. well, I'm going to start by saying these Rams have allowed an average of just above 196 passing yards per game over the last five games. They've, um, the ratio has been four touchdowns to four interceptions in that five-game span. They also hold the fifth-ranked run defense in yards per game and the second overall defense in yards per – yeah, the second overall defense in yeah. total yards yeah. per game compared to rushing yards per game. And you shouldn't take this light – you shouldn't take this offense lightly either. Nope. They rank seventh in total yards per game. Brady's had trouble against the tougher matchups – within the Saints, not even being that tough of a matchup. Right. But they're middle of the pack, and I think Brady's struggle against a sub – or not subpar, but sufficient defense will continue. I'm going to take the Rams 27-23. to 23. I think, obviously, we've said it, uh, both of these defense are look, de- both of these defenses are looking hot, and I think that's going to continue. Yep. Uh, making a low-scoring game. Uh, LA is allowing just 2,600 yards or yeah, 2,600 yards to opponents and Tampa allowing over 3,000. That's a difference, even though Tampa is kind of mitigating these yards per attempt and, you know, those turnovers. Um, not that that's a problem to Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, even Fournette as a small receiving back. That's not a problem to Tampa Bay's offense. Um, they're, they're accumulating over 3,700 yards. I'm going to take Tampa in this game, 17-14, to 14, because of their better offense. I feel like um, the Rams wide receivers are not going to be able to get by um, really at all. In fact, I have a little bit of one of my duds. Is um, We'll get into that, obviously. And I don't think L.A.'s running back situation is going to be great against um, Tampa Bay. So I'm going to take Tampa because of their offense being able to get by a little bit. All right, KC at Las Vegas. You're going to start this? Yes, I will. Last time these teams played, Kansas City um, was dealt their first and only loss. Now they head to Las Vegas on the edge of their seats. But I don't think they're going to lose again. I genuinely genuinely believe that their defense can contain Carr, and I think that's going to allow Mahomes to outperform the Raiders' offense. High scoring again, I'm going to take 37-31 to Kansas City. I want to picture it. I, it just feels right to picture the Chiefs winning. It really a does, yeah. Just so they don't win. They, I, I. It just feels weird Damn. that they lose two to the to the same team to the same right. team. But I'm the Raiders have been hot. They won yep. for their last six five, yeah, five. scoring scoring twenty plus in four of those five games. The one game they didn't was the win. Yeah, the win. Their car is shown reminiscence of his 2017 self, and this I think this one's going to be a shootout. Yeah, the Chiefs rank second in total yards per game, while the Raiders rank 13. I think the key to this game is Josh Jacobs. Yeah, in their losses, he's ran for 3.2 yards per carry, 1.7 yards per carry, and 4.4 at 4.4 is obviously a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm really looking at the 3.2 yards per carry and the 1.7 yards per carry in their two other losses. He's shown signs of explosiveness, and I think if he goes over four yards per carry against Kansas City, the Raiders will win. Yeah, you can keep that up. I'm going to take the Raiders 34-30. to 30. Yeah, another close high-scoring game. Yeah. Um, last one, this was sort of just a filler. No other – I didn't want to do Raven-Titans. Yeah. Both underperforming teams like just, right now. Yep. And I just felt like that would be – boring with us two just talking about our, home with our hometown team yeah. yeah so i threw detroit carolina and mm. two mediocre teams both around the same record both could be much better than they are yeah. right now these teams have epitomized mediocrity this year lions at four and five panthers at three and seven and the, but the panthers have played slightly above their record putting up good yeah, fights, really uh, better teams such as the chiefs Stafford's always going to give you an average at best performance week in, week out. And I just think the Panthers won't match the Lions with the loss of CMC hmm. being a huge part of that. 27 to 20 Lions. Wow. Um, this game was looking really fun for me, having Galladay and McCaffrey set against low end defenses yeah. for fantasy. But then they both got ruled out. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I think that changes the game. That doesn't just change fantasy for fantasy owners, that changes the real matchup. Um, Detroit relying on Marvin Jones and Amendola again, and Mike Davis for Carolina. Obviously, Mike Davis has been situated. I think, I mean, I expect them to utilize Mike Davis. Let, let's say Christian McCaffrey comes back for the rest of the year and then he doesn't get injured yet next year. I still see Mike Davis getting some reps in. I, I don't think that he's going to be a bench warmer anymore. I think he's really proved his spot. Um, like I said, though, both are low-end defenses, and I think this is going to be a wide receiver duel. Um, Carolina with um, uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and um, Marvin Jones, who, without Galladay, has been looking better than he is with Galladay. Obviously, that doesn't seem unreasonable, but he's been looking fine without Galladay. I'm going to have to take Carolina winning this game 30-26 to because they have Mike Davis. Um, Subbing in for McCaffrey, obviously, and he's been fine. Okay. And DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. All right, moving into our duds of the week. I'll start. I'm going to start off with Aaron Jones. The Crap. Colts have allowed <laughs> <laughs> the Colts have allowed a 75 yard rusher one game this year, and it was to Derrick Henry yeah. against the Colts last week. They ranked seventh in rush touchdowns per game allowed and fourth in rush yards per game allowed. Aaron Jones' receptions add value, but don't expect a big game today from Aaron Jones facing this good run defense. And then my second one is going to be Todd Gurley. Gurley's been very mm. touchdown reliant, yeah. having only a 3.7 yards per carry on the season and bringing little or no receiving value into his fantasy production. Even the average run defenses have held Gurley in terms of yardage, and that's where his nine touchdowns yep. come in. He faces a tie for first rushing touchdowns per game defense in New Orleans. I don't see any productivity really coming from Gurley today. Expect under eight points if he can't punch it in the end zone. Heck, expect under five points if he can't get yeah. in the end zone. Um, you wanted, or I, I, you just had to bring up Aaron Jones. I didn't include him on my duds. Um, I, I didn't really want to explain how if I don't have him yeah. starting, my two running backs would be McKissick and uh, Ronald Jones. Um, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, it's okay, though. My duds, first one's going to be Robert Woods. 
Um, Woods is known for being a consistent receiver, and I just don't think that's going to con- that's not going to be the case this week. Woods is actually behind Cooper Cup and Josh Reynolds in targets, and I don't really see a reason why that should change against Tampa. Um, I I had I had him starting, and then Galladay got injured, and he got ruled out, and I'm like, you know what? I need to look at if I actually even want to start Woods now. I ended up putting Kirk in at flex, and then I had McKissick playing today, which I still think McKissick is, you know, a good How flex. many did Kirk score? How many did Kirk score? What? How many did Kirk have? He had nine. Five catches for uh, – f- no, four catches for 50 yards. And then Wood scores. Yeah, if that week. happens, I'm going to be mad. But no, <laughs> McKissick is going to drop like 40, so it's okay. Um, my second one is going to be Jeremy yeah. Smith. I have him benched as well. Um, he's been getting points solely off of touchdowns the last few weeks, like no yardage, like two, three catches a game, making him the number four tight end in PPR. It, I, it, will he get a tight end against Baltimore? No, I don't think that he will. I'm not starting Jonu. I don't think anybody else should, too. I picked up Logan Thomas, who has a pretty good matchup against Cincinnati, allowing a lot of yardage mm-hmm. to tight ends. Um, and I, I just I don't feel good about Jonu. Yeah, I was it, missing LJ Ford's a big problem. Yeah. Though. he's not only a run stuffer, but he can drop back in coverage. If yeah, but to. I mean, we have we have a who do are we? Um, what's who's that? Didn't we sign? Didn't we uh sign a tight end to our practice squad? Is he being called up for today? Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah we okay. brought him up for the and I, Yeah, and Des Bryant. Got, please, I really hope I really we use so him too. But I, I'm not going to expect anything. Like I'm not going to get my. Sneeds are only good. Sneeds are good only wide receiver at the yeah. moment. Brown can't beat anything. All right, we'll move into what's gone wrong. Let's start with the Texans. Their defense has been absolutely horrific. They rank 29th in total yards allowed per game. The offense is still definitely serviceable, but the loss of D-Hop has hurt this team, well, this offense especially. And the fact that their defense is that bad, losing your number one wide receiver like that isn't going to help. But, hey, at least they fired Bill O'Brien, so that's a plus. One thing that's good happened this season for them. Yeah, I was actually just on a side note of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm talking about uncle last night, and we're just talking about how the Ravens need to improve their receivers. And I'm like, if we can trade, you know, for a strong receiver, and obviously I wasn't saying go out and trade for DeAndre Hopkins because why would Arizona give them away, um, give him away? And I ended up saying – and he was like, "Why? well, why did uh, Houston give away Hopkins? I was like, Houston get, didn't give away Hopkins. Bill O'Brien did. Yeah. He offered that trade. Why wouldn't Arizona accept that? Like, why wouldn't they accept that trade? There's no reason for them to not do that. Um, so I, I think that is a big problem. I mean, you see DeAndre Hopkins' numbers in Arizona right now. Um, Watson is still a good QB. I'm still not doubting that guy's ability with Will Fuller and uh, Brandon Cooks right now. I don't think he's, like, not a good QB anymore just because he lost Hopkins. Um, He's still producing. I think their pass game is actually looking good. Obviously, Will Fuller, I think, is a top 15 receiver in PPR right now. I want to say, is he 13 right now? I don't know. One, I think yeah, he's, I think he's yeah, 13 or 14. Or 14. Um, rushing game, Duke Johnson, David Johnson. David Johnson getting injured, I think, was it two weeks ago? Um, yep. Out again, I think. So I think it's coming down to Duke Johnson again. And I think that's the problem. Their defense isn't looking great either, and their running back situation isn't. And that's the big problem. 
All right, moving into what's gone wrong with the Ravens. I feel like we are going to have a long talk about this one. There is a lot to uncover for this team, and I'd say they haven't necessarily gone wrong. They just haven't gone right. Going into last week, we had injuries to Ronnie Stanley, Nick Boyle, Jimmy Smith, LJ Fort, and Class Campbell. And then we lost Brandon Williams in the first quarter. That's literally eliminating like our best run stuffers right there in that is a cause for Damian Harris to run all over us. Our wide receivers beat zone, but I do not remember seeing our wide receivers beating man successfully last no. week. Terrible. Hollywood seemed to be blanketed whenever you're He looked like a fifth-round wide receiver. They, yeah, they make it look impossible to get open. And I feel like Lamar is getting blame, too much blame for his wide receivers not being sufficient for a good offense. Um, I'm not as critical, obviously, on Lamar's as much mm-hmm. as people, as much as other people are. He's looked a bit shaky, but my complaints don't stem no. from him. They stem from the people around him. His Sneed, Willie Sneed has been our best wide receiver by far. Hollywood doesn't get open, and then he'll complain after he drops two passes mm. a game. He's scared to get tackled. He you literally watch him fall. Yeah. I noticed that in his rookie year last year. That makes me so mad. That makes me Mm -hmm. so mad how you can be an NFL player. Yeah, but then again, I'm almost as tall as the dude, and he's only like 30 30 pounds heavier than me. So, I mean. (laughs) But if you got to get to that level, you got to learn to take a hit, run run after catch instead of just falling whenever a defender gets within five yards of you. This blame is being shoved on Lamar, and I don't like it. The offensive line doesn't usually give him more than – what two yeah. seconds and that that's so, yeah I'll, I'll talk about that keep going yeah it's it just doesn't give him enough time to look for his reads he has to he's looked great as a yeah. pocket passer this year i remember i saw this one clip from last week or no this may have been a, yes it was against the steelers on a fourth and due play he was getting pressured he dropped back through right across the middle about 20 mm-hmm. yards downfield to sneed and then he ran after catch inside the five. I don't know why people are so critical of Lamar's pocket passing. All they seem to bring up now is that one throw we made to Hollywood on that third and 15, because both Hollywood and whoever was running the deep post were covered, mm-hmm. and he had to just try to You're talking about the one against New England? And, okay. Yeah. Yep. That third and 15. And then with Skur's bad snaps, he's benched today. I just feel like it's really unnecessary for Lamar to get all this when the supporting cast around him is doing absolutely nothing to help. Yeah, I'm literally about to cover everything you just said with a, a different yep. intake and the ex- and the addition yep. of one guy. Our offensive coordinator, the dude that produced <clears throat> yes. an MVP last year, a dude who passed for over 3,000 yards, rushed for over 1,000, and led the league in passing touchdowns. And now he's ranked 31st QB in the NFL. Well, that's, yeah. that's the problem. Greg Roman. I remember I was reading just different random things. Nick Boyle out for season with knee injury. And Greg Roman tweets out saying, I guess we're just going to have to take a new approach on offense. And I was about to do three hours of research on this guy so I could find where he lives, send him a, send him a letter in his mail and say, shut up. Let Lamar run the ball, please, yeah. right now. And that's that's a big problem. You, the wide receivers, if why Lamar has to run the ball here, losing Nick Boyle, 
we don't have the same. Obviously, I honestly want to see how Luke Wilson does. I actually can't wait for that. I'm not going to yep. lie. Um, but Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed. Um, like we said, I think we said in the last uh, episode, we need Duvernay. We need another option. We need another speedy yes. receiver option. Um, we saw that interception. I forget who. Was it McCourty that was covering Hollywood on the interception? No, it was, okay, it was Jackson. Jackson. You know what I said about yes. J.C. Jackson and Hollywood on that route? J.C. Jackson yeah. ran a better route than Hollywood. Pinning Hollywood yeah. to the sideline, who is five uh-huh. foot nine and 179 pounds, he, he's not catching that ball. That's not Lamar's fault. Nope. That was a good throw. He, well, it could have been better if he had thrown the ball to the right of J.C. Jackson, but that, if that's the case, it was going yeah. out of bounds. You can't have much better throw. And Hollywood was the primary target on that route. If, if Hollywood is on a one-on-one matchup on that route, Lamar's job is to throw it to the, the first-round wide receiver. That's his job right there. He made mm-hmm. a good throw, but Hollywood just got outplayed because he's not producing this year, mm-hmm. and then he goes and complains. Another big problem, not including Andrews. We haven't seen Andrews the past few weeks as much as we did last year. And last year, he was put in talks compared to George Kittle and Travis Kelsey as a top three tight end of the league. And now, what, what does he have? I think he has four touchdowns on the year? Maybe, yeah, I four think it's five. five. I mean, through nine games. Mm-hmm. This guy is what helped Lamar throw for 36 touchdowns last year. Um, and that's just not working. Um, like you said, Matt Skura and the offensive line. We lost Ronnie Stanley, who we just added for a five-year contract extension. And then he gets injured in the first game, dislocates his ankle or fractured or whatever, and he's out for the rest of the year. That, off- that offensive line collapses now. Matt Skura. If I'm being completely honest with you, his snaps yeah. that cost us, what, 30 yards against New England? Mm-hmm. And a 4 right. and one those, Despite that was a bad play Those, call, those were bad that. snaps. But I would like yep. to go see how many centers in the league could be perfect on those snaps in that kind of hurricane-like weather? Yeah, but keep in mind against the Colts, it was uh, right. Either. He did have against the Colts. I'm only up, thinking about the Patriots. Yeah, that's yeah. true. No, yeah, that was another factor. For yeah, that's because true. Because he's been bad two too. The yep. Colts are snapping up, down, left, right. Yeah, it got more wild with the weather, but it was already a um. With it, like I said, Lamar and Andrews is, I think, quarterback tight end duo. Um, that just really needs to work right now. And I'm actually going to talk yeah. about that in my bold prediction. I think that's about a change this week. See, funny thing is, you know, uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a bold prediction um, with that tight end man too. So hmm. that's interesting. All right, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come up with something on the improv. Yeah. All right, so you can go first, see if mine's a little bit different. For Patriots? I don't want to do it. And then for... Oh yeah, we. I was about to go into both oh. predictions already, but okay. yes. Also, uh, yeah, you can start with the Patriots. The big problem is, well, th- last week. First, hold on. First of all, their problem didn't seem to show last week. Their uh, Damian yeah. Harris able to run the ball against us. It, the Ravens, who went into the season signing Clayus Campbell and looking like an easily top three run defense. And I, if I'm being honest, I still think we're one of the better run defenses in the league when healthy. But mm-hmm. yep. Damian Harris kind of pretended like we weren't that game. Um, he ran all over us. Rex Burkhead with those two touchdowns as well, I think. 
that passing touchdown by um, Myers, Jacoby Myers. And you know what? Yeah, if we're being honest, great. their offense and defense was not a problem in that game. They, they outplayed us, and there's nothing that Ravens fans or anybody in the NFL can say to disregard that fact. Going into that game, yep. there are problems. Offense being Cam Newton, just not really producing uh, through the pass game. Honestly, Lamar is kind of comparing with him right now, but still better in my opinion a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Cam Newton was a problem. Their running back situation with Rex Burkhead and Damian Harris, and I think is – has James White even, like, played yet? No, I don't remember seeing I don't think I did. Field. I think his – Maybe he probably got maybe 10%. Yeah, I think his – um, I don't remember. I don't know. Ever since uh, his uh, family car accident thing, I think that was a – Yes. He really switched up and hasn't been playing much. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't blame him for that. I don't blame anybody for that. Um, But that's completely besides the point. I think Stephon Gilmore is questionable again today, um, this week. And if that's the case, oh, it's going to be another problem. I think – Houston is going to end up producing against Patriots defense today um, through the air. And I just don't think New England is going to perform like they did against us last week. Yeah. All right, moving into bowl predictions. I didn't even mention – I keep forgetting (laughs) things today. It's all good. All right, so I'm going to say for the Patriots, it's certainly not the defense. They've only given up 23.4 points per game. It's been Cam. You can't expect to have success with three passing touchdowns to seven yeah. interceptions. They found their workhorse running back in Damian Harris, but I think and even Rex Burkhead is like a, almost like a fullback receiving running back. Yep. <laughs> All right, bold predictions. We're finally here. <laughs> I'm finally right. All right, you can start. Okay. Um, Ravens offense hasn't been looking great recently, but you know what? I'm confident mm-hmm. that's going to change this week. And I, it all depends on what I'm going to say at the end. Um, I expect to see Lamar rushing like his MVP self today. Um, I'm going to take, obviously, this is a bold prediction, and this might be really bold. I'm going to say 85, 90 yards rushing for Lamar today. Um, I, I just, I think that without a block in Nick Boyle and, you know, a not so great, um, Running back sit now. Our running back situation is fine. It's the fact that Lamar's running situation is not looking ga- great. Um, yeah. As for the somewhat absent Mark Andrews, I think eighty yards receiving and a touchdown against a pretty weak um, Tennessee defense is not extremely bold. Um, the only reason that wouldn't be, or the only reason that would be bold, is because he hasn't been producing recently. Um, but all of, all of a sudden, it comes down to this is assuming Greg Ruman remembers that his offense is a fast-paced running unit. If he forgets that yep. Lamar Jackson is a mixed dual threat and we have three decent running backs in Ingram, Edwards, and Dobbins, and our tight ends are a bigger threat than our wide receivers, if he forgets that, forget Lamar running the ball. But you know what? Tennessee's defense, if Greg Roman forgets Lamar as a rusher, give Lamar nearly 300 yards passing and three touchdowns, led by Willie Sneed and Mark Andrews. Yeah, that's what happened last year against yep. the Titans. We completely abandoned run due for 354 yards. 
And then added on to that, Seth Roberts yeah. dropped the pass that could 30 yards downfield, it could have been a touchdown. And then Miles Boykin dropped the and then Derek Henry threw a touchdown in garbage time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was at that game. That was depression. I was also at the Ravens Bengals game where Tyler Boyd crushed our yeah. dreams. It's tough. <laughs> I've been to a few Tragic Ravens games. I also went to that snow game. Yep, against I went Minnesota. to that one. I was. That yeah, was a fun that game. Was crazy. I love snow games. What like whether five, it's all mad and watching it from your living room or at the game, it's so much yeah. fun. I love it. All right, my bold prediction was Mark Andrews. He'll have a two yep. touchdown day. He's been cold forever, but I feel like it's partially been tough matchups. He had the Colts and the Patriots, who were first and second, or well, it, how you put it, thirty first or thirty second, and points the tight ends. They were the top two teams in limiting tight end fantasy points. Um, he fi- Even despite the bad matchup last week, he looked good. And this week he has a much more favorable matchup against the Titans. And I feel like yeah. he will finally get it going again. And I'll do a little improv bowl prediction here. I'm going to go James Robinson, 100 Ew. scrimmage yards. I feel like he's enough of a workhorse. <laughs> That even against the Steelers defense, he can still. Yeah, they're they're gonna try running. They're gonna try to do what Baltimore did. Um, especially I think Minshew is out, right? Yeah, Minshew's out. So I I I don't disagree with that, but I still don't think he's gonna go hundred. I think that's one of our uh, boomer bosses, isn't it? Hundred scrimmage yards. Yes, it is. I I just came up with that one on the spot. But I'm I'm starting him just for the hope that he scores at least a touchdown. I was kept thinking, I was. Kept flipping between Robinson, Hines, yeah. and Bernard. Mm. And I decided just because Robinson's been, he put up 10 plus on yeah. Indianapolis. He put up 10 on Indianapolis. Even if he puts up 12, I'll still be happy with that. Unless Hines put up yeah, like which, 46. I don't think like, happen. Which is. <laughs> All right, moving on to Boom, Bust, or Matt. I'll start this one off with Miles Sanders. Cleveland holds the eighth-best run defense, but Miles Sanders has been very efficient in his time rushing with a six yards per carry on the year. I think he's going to be in the 15 to 19 fantasy point range against Cleveland, so I'll put that to a Boom-leaning meh because we'll say let's put a Boom let's say 20. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. You said the over six yards per carry going up against the eighth best Mm -hmm. run defense. Um, If you look at Miles Sanders stats when he's playing, the reason he's not going, you know, 24 plus points is because he's not getting a touchdown. Boston Scott and their third string running back, whatever his name is. I don't even both had yeah, like, I don't Corey even remember his name because it's so irrelevant in that uh-huh. situation. But those two guys have touchdowns over Miles Sanders. Give Miles Sanders a touchdown after he runs for over a hundred yards, for example, and the dude is like awesome. Like he's he's catching balls, he's running over six yards per attempt. He's not getting the touchdown. That's why he's not looking extremely hot right now. Um, Cleveland's run defense being eighth is a little bit um, intimidating, but I still don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to go boom. I'm not even going to lead towards meh. I don't think they can rely on Boston Scott and Clemens to get a touchdown, um, and I don't think they can rely on, like, Rager and, you know, uh, Fulgham to get touchdowns every single game. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say boom for Miles Sanders. 
All right, Tyler Boyd. This is an interesting one. Washington has allowed an average of 194.7 yards per game passing this year. Tyler Boyd has a tough matchup against Kendall Fuller, but despite this, he's still Burrow's favorite target, and Burrow's probably going to throw for Mm 300-plus anyways because that guy knows how to throw. And I expect a meh game from Tyler Boyd right around maybe 13. Uh, let's go 11. Yeah, I said Matt as well. And honestly, it depends on how many receptions he gets. I still think Tyler Boyd's going to get a touchdown in this game. I don't think uh, Bernard is going to be – because, yeah, Mixon just got placed on IR. So I don't think Bernard is going Mm -hmm. to be efficient every single week that he has to start. I just don't think the dude is – I, even when mixing comes back, I like I say for Mike Davis, Mike Davis is still going to get reps when CMC is back. I don't think Bernard is going to get reps when Mixon is back. I don't think that's the case. I think they have to start worrying about the receivers now, which they have T. Higgins, who, by the way, is awesome for people that don't like pay attention to that guy. Um, Tyler Boyd, top 17 PPR receiver right now. You know what? Meh. And that's going to depend on how many receptions. I still think he's going to get a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to be getting targeted a ton. Moving on to James Robinson. This matchup sort of scares me, having him. Uh, Steelers ranked ninth in rush yards allowed per game and first in rushing touchdowns allowed per game. Nonetheless, I believe he's talented enough, even being undrafted, to keep his streak since week one of 10-plus fantasy points every game. I'm going to hope he mez this game, and then if he gets a touchdown, that's a bonus. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say bust. Um, and like you said, 10-plus um, points after coming, off of, uh, after coming off of being undrafted. You know what? If he's able to get included in a little bit of a passing game this, today, that's then a, maybe yeah. he could be over a bust. Now, I, I still don't think he's going to be boom. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I don't expect him to be, like, four points. By bust, I mean, like, mm-hmm. eight, nine, and meh being a little over ten. You know what I mean? I still think he's yeah. going to be reaching yep. um, a good amount of yardage considering, well, Pittsburgh's run defense looks good. But when they're playing against, you know, mediocre running backs, it, it actually seems like they're not doing that amazing. And you saw Dobbins and Edwards just yep. tear those guys up. Um, yeah, watching that sort of yeah, gave me so confidence. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and Robinson. say bust. But if if anything, um, if, if he does get a little uh, few amount of receptions, I think he could go over. I'm 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 so happy for myself that I made that trade to get Robinson early yeah. in the year. Got got Ch away from my team. Lord is he better. Oh, yeah. What was the trade? It was Robinson for... Robinson and Galladay for Clyde Edwards-Hillary. Huh. I'm so glad. Who accepted that one? Because I'm about to, like, send any... Dave. 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 Oh, my God. Galladay and... Okay. All right. You know what? At the time, time, everybody was like, that was such a bad trade. He's going to be running back 20 Mm. at the end of the year. And then he's just in here running back three. With right behind yeah, Alvin right. and Alvin Kamara. And above mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. All right. Um, yeah, I already said stuff about him. All right, A.J. Brown. I think Marlon Humphrey yes. has a good shot at almost completely uninvolving A.J. Brown. They have 
similar builds. AJ Brown's a bit more yeah muscled, but um, same height. I think Brown has like maybe twenty five to yeah. thirty pounds on him, and um, Humphrey's shown he can lack mm-hmm. the better receivers, such as last year's OBJ. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. He lacked. Um, he did well on Tyler Boyd last year. DeAndre Hopkins, and I believe he covered Metcalf last year when I think he did. Yeah, Seahawks. Yep. Um, Humphrey has shown he is a top five cornerback talent, and I believe he will be able to well cover AJ Brown. Yeah, I'm gonna go bust as well for AJ Brown. Um, I think here's how I'm. This is honestly this relates to AJ Brown because it depends on what what kind of approach Tennessee is gonna take in this first half. And obviously the first half is like so important because you go into that locker room at halftime and you're like, okay, this isn't working. We're going to try these three plays. If they're not working, then screw it. We lost. Um, That kind of thing. Um, I think A.J. Brown is going to be mitigated in the first half because I think Tennessee realizes that Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell are both doubtful and unexpected to play today. And I think that leads Derrick Henry to – Getting a lot of touches in the first half. Now, let's say the Ravens' yes. defense miraculously holds Derrick Henry to nothing, for example. A.J. Brown is going to get targets. That's where Marlon Humphrey comes in. And you know what? I think either way, I don't think A.J. Brown is going to be getting a ton past Marlon Humphrey. Is he going to get a touchdown? No. Is he going to get some receptions for you know some yardage where he can overpower Marlon Humphrey in a wire uh, field of play? Yeah. I think he's going to get some receptions. I don't think he's going to get a touchdown because when you're down into the red zone, um, you know, Marlon Humphrey being a bigger guy compared – well, smaller guy compared to A.J. Brown is able to match up against most good receivers, top five cornerback talent in the league. And he's really matching in that red zone. I think he's only let up three touchdowns this year to people he's covering. Yeah, something like that. He's doing really good um, in the red zone, yeah. and I think that's why AJ Brown is going to bust. I don't think AJ Brown's getting into the end zone. Just asking, because a lot of people seem to have a different opinion than me. What do you think about Marcus Peters? Hmm. Well, he's not cornerback one, and that's because Marlon Humphrey is on the team. Yeah. Look, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. what. When we picked up Marcus Peters, I was like, "Oh my gosh, let's go!" And then he gets a pick six in Seattle, right? I was against Seattle. I think he got a pick six. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, it's working yeah. out so good. And then we go into the, the end of last season and this season. We just see some some situations where he's, like, not covering, like, at all. But then we saw – I forget who was against. I think – was it Pittsburgh that he stripped a fumble? He, like, literally reached his arm into the receiver – and, like, yanked it out. Yeah, against with Claypool. Yeah, it was Claypool. Claypool. He reached into the arm. He wasn't, like, peanut mm-hmm. punching it like uh, Humphrey does whenever he gets a chance. But Peters yep. is on the ground sitting down. And Claypool is running across route over him. And Peters, mind you, was not covering that play. So he wasn't doing a great job of covering that play whatsoever. He's below yeah. Claypool, reaches his arm up yanks the thing out and picks it up and returns it for a few yards himself. That's the, that's mm-hmm. what I like about Peters. I think is he, he is a definite turnover producer. Um, let's say he ends up improving his coverage gang. Oh my gosh. He could be, he could be great. Uh, like back to great again, but his mm-hmm. turnover game is not. I'm just going to say, yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. I'm just gonna say I I love Peters. At the I do too. Cornerback too. I love it. I feel like he. Yeah, I feel like he does get enough credit for the good coverage he does. I don't. He, I don't remember him giving up maybe like a 25 or more yard pass this year, except for yeah. Tyree Kill. In which he blanketed right. in, in the end zone. Tyreek Hill just made a perfect catch on a perfect route. I feel like Peter's coverage is definitely unappreciated. He can go up there with those good receivers. I remember he had a partial covering on Hopkins last year. He was all getting in his head, trash talking mm-hmm. him. And then he made a few pass breakups. I remember he made a pass breakup downfield with Hopkins. I feel like he doesn't get a cre- enough credit for his coverage. And then you add on, so far this year, three interceptions. And three forced fumbles, one of which resulted against the Colts, resulting yeah. in a touchdown. He will make that game-changing play. Humphrey will also make that game-changing play. I think we have, like, 13 forced mm-hmm. fumbles this year. Humphrey has, like, four. Deshaun Elliott yeah. has, like, two. And then Peters comes in. Patrick Queen is, yeah, like, Patrick one Queen or two. Yeah, Patrick Queen returned one, three. I think. Was, it wasn't the opening game, was it? I can't remember. Yep. It was yeah, against Bengals. the Bengals. Right, because A.J. Brown yep. just stood there. All right. Yeah, I remember that one. Not A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. A.J. Green, my bad. Yeah. Green. I remember, <laughs> yeah, you just – I remember that. Yeah, that was that, that was yeah. Peter's pick. And then later in the game – yeah. And then Humphrey mm-hmm. forced the fumble, and then Queen yep. returned that. All right, moving into the last segment, our Ravens expectations. What do you expect from the Ravens this week? Well, it like I said in my bold prediction, I expect to see Lamar – being Lamar and it's really hard mm-hmm. to predict that at this point because Greg Roman is just calling these different plays I feel and honestly I think I said in the last episode I was like well it's Greg Roman's job to help you call those plays but it's what you do Lamar with those plays that are going to affect your game and your critics opinions um, you know let's say Greg Roman is calling a simple you know crossing route with Hollywood Brown and you throw it over his head and it gets picked, that's your fault. That That's not Greg Roman's fault for calling that call. Yeah. But it is Greg Roman's fault for calling that same play multiple times over and over and over and not letting you run the ball like you are so good at. Um, I, I want and I think we can see another run-heavy offense today, fast-paced offense, getting the ball upfield, quicker drives, but still letting that clock run out because we're running it. Um, and I see improvement. With the run game and Mark Andrews. I think that's what we need to see, and I think it's what we can see if Greg Roman calls it right. Yeah, we dominated so much last year from time of possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would just hold the ball, don't let them get it back, and then score. Average, I think, was like drive. 36 minutes a game. Yeah, it's just been like – it just looks mm-hmm. like a different offense this year. I think – I know. I'm not going to say I think. I know Derek Henry yeah. is going to be a problem. We have LJ Fort questionable. I feel like he's definitely a key piece. It would be very nice to get yeah. him back. And Clyus Campbell and Brandon Williams doubtful, which essentially means he's mm. not going to play. Those are three key pieces of our run stop, and um, I think we need to find balance in our offensive yeah. play call. We need um, just overall better play call. Why take your best offensive player out of a fourth and one from your own 35? Why run out of yeah. wildcat? When you're yeah, that, 35, that, that, that just that had me punching air. When watching that, that, I'm not kidding. Like I was yes, literally that just hurt my brain. Oh yeah, that was bad. Literally, just run a read option mm-hmm. out of the shotgun, and you're gonna gain mm-hmm. six inches. Yeah, read options out of the Especially shotgun. With... That's always an interesting call. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And then, or yeah, you probably it'd be probably yeah. in the pistol. Right, sure, right. So, um, put in mm-hmm. Edwards. He doesn't. I remember last year, it took him like two hundred fit. No, not two hundred fifty rushes. It took him like a hundred rushes, and on that like a hundredth rush, that was like the first time he got tackled for mm-hmm. loss all year. He doesn't go down yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. He will get you yeah, three, he's four, gonna five fight yards way every single play. He, I loved him. I remember. First game Lamar started against the Bengals, I was there. All of a sudden, we went from Alex Collins to start using this Gus Edwards guy. Who's this? Was like, yeah, who's this dude? Who's this guy? Where'd he come from? And then two years later, he's an absolute unit mm-hmm. running for like what? Like, yeah, I think it's like 5.8. Steelers. Yeah, some, it's, it's close. It's definitely above, high. Yeah, some, it's, it's, he's been really good. And. Yeah, Lamar just needs to be Lamar. He he's been yeah. good at making his passing reads this year. I don't know. So like Mikey and Jake were saying, scrambling his first read. He sat back in the pocket and scrambled less, significantly mm-hmm. more last year. I um I did a little bit of research. In the first nine weeks of last year, he scrambled like a hundred and seven times. In the first nine weeks this year, he scrambled like sixty times. He scrambled significantly less, and I don't no. have a problem with that, as long as he's making his reads in the pocket and, and making throw. the pocket, yeah. and mm-hmm. or stepping up or making the throw yeah. and running. Because if he, I'm not going to say if he gets out of the pocket, he's going to run well. Because I feel like sometimes he holds onto it for too long instead of just throwing it away. He tries to make too much happen sometimes, but once he gets out of the pocket, he's usually going to get you, let's say, four yards at least yeah. on his scramble. He is good. He's, that's what he's good at doing, scrambling in out of the pocket. And he can make his throwing read if he needs to. And I feel like that's just going to be a key to the Titans, making your good reads and good decision-making, which he's shown this year Yeah, pretty one well. small thing I it's think just, is that against the Patriots, Lamar had a good game. Two passing touchdowns. Yeah, definitely. 250 definitely. yards um, passing, I think it was, right? Um, mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, and then you have something. the interception mm-hmm. that really wasn't his fault. I mean, a one-on-one no. matchup, your wide receiver one is supposed to make that grab. That's your job yep. to throw the ball in a one-on-one matchup against your wide receiver one. He made no bad decision by making that throw to the sidelines. That was a good throw. And Jack J.C. Jackson, J.C. Jackson just ran a better route than Hollywood. Um, so the, yeah. the problem was saying Lamar couldn't lead his team to a victory that game. Look, I'm not going to disagree. There were bad um, play-calling decisions. There were some plays that Lamar could have increased the yardage and got us further downfield than certain throws and certain rushes. That's not all Lamar. Um, I think Lamar had a good game. I, I really do. I think he had a good game last week. Um, yeah. And this is also, like, a really dumb, like, question. But do you ever know what happened to Forsett? Do you remember him? Oh. Yeah, I do. He had yeah. a thousand yard rush. And then the dude, I mean, I remember. I've watched, I was at the game, I think. Um, or, I don't know. I forget. I, I, can't, I honestly can't remember. But the, the uh, announcers, I remember coming home and checking the TV. Because like, I usually watch the games on certain plays, drives TV that I ended up going to the game to just to see what I missed angle-wise. And then Forsett gets injured, and the announcers are like, turn the cameras away. We're not showing that. I remember that. And I was like, 
man, it must have been that bad. I mean, they were showing replays on Nick Boyle's injury. I mean, I'm not, I know it's a little bit different game. Yeah, but if that was... Forsett's injury made the announcers say, turn the cameras away, don't even show the replay, it had to have been bad. And I still haven't seen the injury or yeah. even heard anything about him since. So we've had, we've had so many, like, two or three-year, one, two, three-year receiver or running back. We've had Crabtree, <laughs> Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, oh John gosh. Brown. John Brown. John Brown. Wallace. Then we had four, we had four set, Buck Allen, Alex Collins. Now it finally seems like we have our sort of core set in stone with Hollywood, Sneed, and then Dobbins, Ingram, yeah. uh, Gus. Finally, our team seems to be like somewhat set in stone. We kept shifting wide receivers, shifting running backs. My, our team was just my uncle was um for, like my uncle and I were talking years. last night and he was saying um he saw this YouTube video I think it was Irvin and Steve Smith Senior were announcing a Ravens game and Irvin comes out and says the Ravens haven't had a good wide receiver since Anquan Bolden in 2013 in the Super Bowl and Steve Smith Senior looks over at him he's like. You realize I just retired from that team, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I you, forgot about. He's like, I you forgot did, about him. I said, like, you do I realize said, I was just on that team and retired. <laughs> I genuinely think Steve Smith Senior would, uh, was a good wide receiver and would be really good with our offense right now. He was, yeah, he. Was, I think he, he would was, be great with our great. offense right I, now. He was nice to have around. Being a fast dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, imagine him and him and Ingram. They would be hilarious. Would be Those guys would be awesome. Great combo. They, yeah, that would be hilarious. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Bring Steve Smith out of retirement. Don't get even play him. Just get him on the forty three. Just get him on the bench. Just let him be the hype guy. With <laughs> yeah. Hire, Hire him as a wide receiver leader. That should be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's my gosh. hilarious. All right, well, anyways, we have a football game to watch in an hour and a half. What? In and I have, a bio- I have a biology Expect project to, to do during the Ravens game. <laughs> oh, that's great. Expect to see Brandon Williams, Class Campbell out for today. LJ Ford, hopefully he'll be in. Jimmy Smith, hopefully he'll be in. LJ Ford, yeah. Jimmy Smith are both questionable. They are both important parts of the defense. So, anyways, that wraps it up for this week eleven podcast. Hopefully, everybody has a good.